All right, hello and welcome to um this will be a long episode. Yes, yeah, so, um brace up hello, on the board chat room. Precious, hello to you. You took three hundred minutes to join. <laughs> hey hello baby. Hello everyone. Welcome to today's episode. We have a lot. A lot. Yes. A lot indeed. Um, if you would, is it possible to move closer to your mic? Yeah, how's the sound now? Okay, better. Um, so in today's episode, it's a lot. Um, we'll be discussing a lot. Um, uh, the two most informed players in the world currently, um, Victor Osimhen and Ellen Haaland, will come into our discussion, and we'll also talk about. Manchester United versus Fulham. Um, that game had um something that should be highlighted. Um, Arsenal, of course, um, winning against Crystal Palace. I think that game ended four goals to one. Bukayo Saka scoring two goals and getting an assist. Um, I think uh, Gabriel Martinelli got a goal as well. And um, I don't know who got the fourth, but yeah, four one Arsenal Newcastle. Arsenal Crystal Palace, I would say. We'll talk about that. And um Arsenal Arsenal's chances of winning the Premier League. Um, Arsenal have gone into the international break as Premier League leaders. I think yeah, currently five points clear. Is that five or eight? I'll confirm during the episode and get back to you, but Arsenal are league leaders. Um Barca also won the classical against Real Madrid. Two goals to one. Goals from um goals from um Goes from I think Sergio Roberto, yeah, was it yeah, Sergio Roberto, yeah, Sergio Roberto and Francesia. Um, Madrid's goal was an own goal by Ronald Araujo. So we'll talk about the back are currently twelve points clear of Real Madrid. They are basically walking away with the title. But do you think it's too early to call, or do you think that title is done? We'll talk about that um as we go on. Um, there is also the conversation of uh, the, the UCL draws and the UEFA Europa League draws took place. Talk about that and um, the chances the teams in these competitions stand going into um, the last eight of the competition. And then um, what else do we have to talk about? Um, there is talk about um, Manchester United um, getting sold. Um, we know that the deadline for next set of bids for the club is 9 p.m. on Wednesday. That is 9 p.m. tomorrow. So, by tomorrow, we should companies or which other persons have bid for the club. And um, usually, we get to know in details the amount of the bid, like how much the bid is, what the bid should cover. Um, this second round of bids should show what bid should cover, should show the interest of the parties in um, paying the debts of the club in renovation. Also, keep it updated, but um, for now, we know that the, um, the deadline for submitting the second round of bids is tomorrow at 6. Um, early reports say that we should expect at least six bids for the club. Um, we know the front runners are um, Sajim Ratcliffe. Um, and Ineos, and then there's um Jasim. I really don't know his full name, but um he's Qatari, and um he also wants to purchase United. 
as a whole. Um, early reports say that um, his bid is 5.5 billion euros. So, Precious, where do you think is a good place for us to start? Um, uh, I think we should just look at the league, the current position of the leagues, and then we can talk about the cup competitions and all that. Yeah. That's a good place to start. Or we could just so, start with the game on Sunday. Sorry? Right? Because I think, yeah, the game on Sunday, I think we could also start from there. That's the FA Cup game. Because it, it kind of generated like a bit of a controversy. I don't I don't really understand the controversy, but it's there, right? About it. So I think we could start there. I I I really don't know why people are talking about it. I mean, if if I was going to talk about that game, I'll talk about how poor United were before um before Fulham got the red cards. But apart from that, I don't think any of the red cards were controversial. I I, I mean I said on my on my WhatsApp, however, that um I feel referees should um should know how to balance games the more because the moment Fulham went to nine men, there was nothing saving them from losing that game. So I just feel like for the games to be balanced, um, you could you could just and um, Mitrovic the yellow card, the yellow card. But Mitrovic did not help himself. I mean, he saw that situ- um, the whole situation was against Fulham, and then he basically pushed the referee. And you know, it's it's what the referee chooses to do. The referee can decide to not give him a card, and so it's basically the referee decided to give him a red card. And yeah. You know, that, you know that Mitrovic is not the captain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's also like another way to look at it. Because he shouldn't be doing what he did. Right? Because he's not even the captain. And I think it was it was it was more like it was I think he was being very aggressive and they've not really explained the situation to us, right? But it's also possible that he would have said some few things you get before even pushing the ref. Do you understand? So yeah. it's I think that was very unnecessary because I think that Williams offense should have been read, right? And even without a review, because it was stopping a goal scoring chance with his hand, right? And very clear. And he shouldn't have reacted that way because he made things more difficult for for Fulham. But I think to 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 even properly understand, like to properly address the the issue, right? I think it starts from the coach because the coach did not behave well. He shouldn't have got himself sent off either, right? Over something like that because I wonder, like I wonder why would he would be so so annoyed, right? Because it clearly hits Williams' arm, right? And the referee had not even given him given William a red card then. Do you understand? So seeing that alone, like we tell you, oh, this is a handball, right? Like let's let's just I, I don't know what he said, but it's probably something that the coach also said that got him sent off and all that. So but I think but just like you said. In as much as I'm sure that some people would want to still focus on what we're currently talking about, right? 
I think what is most relevant to United fans is the quality of the football that we played before the red card it wasn't good at all. We were outplayed by Fulham, and irrespective of the fact that they they play very they played very good football this season, right? A very good midfield and and all that, like at least based on performance, right? Face value aside, right? But I, I think United should have done better. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and so um, just staying with Fulham, I think we'll wrap up here because we have a lot to discuss, and we don't want this to be too long. Um, so um, just staying with Fulham. Um, reports, early reports have come in that uh, we'll just give you the transfer news as the, as we've seen on this episode. Um, early reports have come in that Chelsea are interested in signing Andreas Pereira in case Messi Mount leaves the club. Now it's looking increasingly likely that Messi Mount leaves Chelsea. Um. Chelsea have not found a way around offering him a new contract. And just 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 before we leave this conversation, uh, the reports are that um, Messi Mounts wants two hundred thousand pounds a week at Chelsea. Those are the rumors we've heard. Do you think Messi Mounts deserves to earn that much a week at at any club in the world? It depends. It depends. It, you know that wages. Players demand for wages based on what other people at the club are earning, right? If he feels that he's in the same bracket as the people earning £200,000, then he should get £200,000, right? Because you cannot give every other person bumper contracts, right? And he gets to his turn. And then... When he gets to his turn, he says, no, like, I want us to... To, to do something else, you know. So I think I think what he's doing is very fair for him to say to say that Chelsea is a very big club and like uh, he's relatively um, a very important member of the of the squad at the moment, right? I think compared to the people that are here currently, he's a very important important member of the squad. So if he feels like he should like that is that is like um a good valuation of what he should be earning in relation to his influence in the team then by all means you should you should ask for it okay so um another report is that um alex disassi is a center back for france he also plays his football at france he plays football for monaco for monaco reports are linking him to Manchester United. Um, reports are saying that um, he could go for 50 million euros and um, that United wants to sign Alex de Sassi. Have you seen any of de Sassi? I think I saw him during the World Cup. Not really. Not really. I don't... And I've not... My attention has not been brought to him. Like, I don't know how... Okay. Um, how well... Moving from that, um, precious, can you okay? So, just just to um stop our Barca, you know, there was a time where we've talked about this before where we had to bring on a Barca fan, um, at the beginning of the season, um, majorly because, um, you know, it was it was like, and you know, I have had to go through stuff basically. <laughs> sometime you guys said Real Madrid are a good cop team, and I almost got crucified. I still think that they are a good cop team. I, 
I think for a team to win the league, they have to dominate games. And it shows. I mean, Man City dominates games. Arsenal are on course to win the league. They have dominated games. Um, Napoli dominates games, you know. I Real Madrid do not dominate games. They very rarely do. I, I think that's the way a team is set up to win the cup. For example, against against Fulham, United did not dominate. United, United did not play well at all. But they won that game 3-1, you know. Um, I think it's important that a team dominates games to win the league. And Real Madrid just have... Except, except of course, um, the other teams in the league are not of the same quality as you. And then your domination of the game does not really matter. But I feel if the other teams can remotely match your quality and you do not dominate throughout 38 games, you will not win the league. And so basically, I almost got crucified for saying Madrid are a good cup team because Madrid played different systems during games, you know, just like um Chelsea. Chelsea could be a good cup team. And you've seen that Chelsea have won every Champions League, every Champions League game under Graham Potter. In the league, however, they are tense because you cannot do that in the league. You know, you need consistency. And I had this conversation, you know, I've been having this conversation with people that um, it's harder to win the league than it is to win the cup. What do you think about that? And do you think that um it's wrong to say that Madrid are a good cup team? I now I have not said they are not a good league team. I've just said they are a better cup team than they are, than they are a league team. Well, I think I think um Madrid are a better cup team, just like you said, right? So um and. I don't necessarily think that Baka are like a very brilliant side, right? Considering how, like, what I think La Liga, I don't think the La Liga has like the same quality uh, as other leagues like the Premier League. Right? I think the, the La Liga is, is not the same quality anymore. You don't see the the same quality of players in the La Liga, like you see in the Premier League and, and all that. So, but that being said, I think the only other team that you could compare to Barcelona is Real Madrid. And so, with that comparison, you can say that in the league, Barcelona are the best team, right? And you cannot be leading by 12 points if you're not like the best team in the league, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. So, they're the best team in the league. Their systems are working for them. And I don't know. I think I think to win the league, you need structure, right? Just like you said, Dominic. So I agree with you in that sense, because you need a structure to win the league, right? And you need you need a plan B, a plan B structure, a plan A structure. Like because league league matches can can turn on their head, right? Mm-hmm. So you let's say for example now in that that game in Barcelona, Real Madrid scored first, right? And Barcelona were able to come in, come back into that game. And if you also watch that game, like I watched a big chunk of it, I didn't conclude the game. I watched a big a very good chunk of it. Um, Barcelona were dominating even before Real Madrid scored, right? And I would I would place that loss on Ancelotti. I'll play it. I will place it on him because overall Real Madrid have a 
corner, right? And should be winning those games. Like with that lineup, when I see what what um, Barcelona lined up and what Real Madrid lined up, like I don't totally agree with it. But in the total, with the squad and like with the whole squad, that's the eleven that started the game and the bench. I feel like Real Madrid should have had enough to win that game, at least on paper, right? But mm-hmm. just like the previous fixture, the previous Clásico that was played, that Barcelona also won, was, was as if like Real Madrid could not respond, right? And you can put it to like so many other things, probably lack of, you say lack of motivation or whatever, but I'll put it on the coach because these games, like if if I could if I could have a say right in that lineup, I will I would probably have started reintegrating Tremini into the lineup, the first eleven, right, and probably have Kamavinga play play um in midfield alongside him. I've always not be I've like I've been very adamant right about playing Tony Cruz in big games. Jonathan, I think I've been talking about this for years now. I always talk about playing Tony Cruz in big games. He's the kind of player that you want when you're going to like have a lot of the ball. But if there's going to be a midfield battle, right? Like, you know, with mobile midfielders, right? And a high press and all that. I don't think you want Tony Cruz. And Real Madrid could not play out. They could not play out like they could not get into midfield. Barcelona did not allow that. Barcelona played with four midfielders, right, in their lineup. And we know that Lewandowski is also a pressing forward, right? Mm-hmm. And and all that. And Rafinha is quite decent with his pressing. He's not he's not a lazy player, right? He runs. So they couldn't play. And there was no mobility, like Real Madrid was just dead in the water. They only they, they had one or two out balls. Right, long passes to Vinicius on the left, but at that point it was very easy to recover the ball from Vinicius because the other Real Madrid players have not progressed far up the pitch enough to help him. Do you understand? It was just basically crowd out Vinicius, and that's it. You get and well, but I still think to an extent it's very difficult to analyze that game, right? Because this is the backer team that lost to Man United. Right, and you cannot say that Man United are a better team than Real Madrid. So at that point, you could probably say, "Oh, it comes to motivation, right? Maybe mm-hmm. Barcelona wants it more. Right? They really want the league, right? Because they are out of the Champions League, they are out of the Europa League, right? So they probably want the league more. So it's very yeah. difficult to analyze. Well, but you know, I think at the end of the day, what you are saying. To an extent, it's very accurate. I think Real Madrid really wants the Champions League, right? And Barcelona really wants the league. And they are set up to play in the league. Where Real Madrid usually set up. They, they, their 11 looks like a cup game 11, right? It's basically like the right winger is Barbadi. <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah. That's how you play in cups. Jonathan, that's not how you play in, that's not how you should play in league. Especially when Rodrigo, a talent like Rodrigo, is on the bench. Jonathan, so, but let me hear you out. Yeah, so basically, I was saying, yeah, that, I mean, we, you've, you just talked about it. I, I feel like um, the 
team. <laughs> People may not agree with this, but uh, the, the first thing I say is that it's harder to win the league than it is to win the to win cup competitions. Um, you know, even Eric Ten Hag said it himself that um, United cannot challenge for the league at the moment because they don't have consistency. Now I posted this on my WhatsApp status and um. You know, there was some conversation and um, people, you know, different opinions. It's great to have those opinions. But my opinion still, I mean, I still hold strongly and firmly to the opinion that um, basically, yeah, I mean, to, to win cup games, all you need is motivation. You need, you need grit. You need to have great mentality. But all of this motivation, great, let's go, boys, will not take you 38 games in the league. So I think teams that, um, usually, the way I see football, um, I want my team to win and I want my team to dominate games. Now, I understand that the most important thing is winning. So, if you don't dominate and win, yeah. You know, if you play football manager, you will see some, um, some, 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 what's it called now? Some expectations from the club board. You will see some, they say, required, some preferred, you know. I mean, it is required that you win and I prefer attacking football. Or dominate football where you dominate, you get. But I feel like to win the league, you have to be a better team. You know, you have to show consistency. Just characteristics of a better team. You know, consistency. Do you also have to have grit to win the league? It's not like you're going to um be a bunch of losers and then decide that you lose games and have all the ability because mentality is important to take you through 38 games. Consistency, discipline. Um, there, there has to be great, and of course, squad depth. I feel, I, I feel. Yes, yes. Real Madrid don't have another striker. Yeah, they don't. If Benzema is having a bad game, nothing happens. Nobody else can come in and play like Benzema. That's the problem. Well, I think we should move on from Real Madrid. Um, the UEFA Champions League and UEFA Europa League last eight draws have been made, and Precious will go through those draws for us. And then um, we have predictions for those draws and analyzing the chances of each team in progressing and winning the competition. So where are we starting from? Like, are we starting from Champions League or? Of course, the elite competition. Let's leave the other one for. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. So, um, Napoli is playing. Uh, what am I saying? <laughs> wait, wait. Milan. Okay, Napoli is playing Milan. Yeah, Napoli. Uh, Chelsea is playing Real Madrid. Uh, Inter is playing Benfica. Bayern is playing Man City. So it's currently there are three Serie A teams still in this stage of the competition, two Premier League teams, one Spanish League team, and one uh, German League team. That's one Bundesliga team. There. And one Portuguese so, team. Very important. And one Portuguese team. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are your predictions? <laughs> I I hate that Napoli is playing Milan, right? Because based on Champions League form, you know, Napoli should be winning that game. But you know that when it becomes a rivalry something, you know, a domestic rivalry something, 
it becomes very complicated. You understand that? Mm-hmm. It now it's, it becomes, like you said, more like some, a bit about greed, right? It's just like how we are able to like win Man City right this season. And you cannot say that we are a better team or that we were, we were the better form, at least at that point, than Man City. But we're able to win it. We're able to win the game. So, but with all that being said, I have to, I have to lean towards the side of reason. <laughs> I say that Napoli will win that game because I think Milan, they are not having a great season. I don't think they are. And so that's that. I think Napoli is going to win that tie. Chelsea, Real Madrid. I think. Regardless of what's happening to Real Madrid in the league, I think you can you can never you cannot bet against them in the Champions League. Okay. At least not against Chelsea, like with Chelsea's form currently. Right? So um Inter Benfica. This is very interesting. It's in, very, very interesting. It's a very, very interesting tie. Funny enough, I think I think Benfica will win both legs of both legs of that tie. Mm, very possible. I want to go with that, but side note, in case it all comes crashing down. <laughs> Let me clearly note that Hinter might still show up for that game and probably be able to get the result at least on one leg. The San Siro is a very important stadium. Benfica would fare. But you will tell me that that's what I said about Arsenal too. So let me just hold my mouth. <laughs> well, you know, I I saw something, I think, last two weeks. That Benfica have won every game they played in the U.S. I, I, I may have to go and confirm this and stuff. But it's really impressive if Benfica have won every game they played in the Champions League this season. They were in the same group as PSG. Interesting. That's by the way. Um, you're, so you've talked about Benfica, Inter, um, Napoli, Milan, Real Madrid. Uh, yeah, there's there's one more game. There's one Bayern more. versus Man City. The biggest Which game in my opinion. I will be loving. I will be watching on 19th. In as much as I want to watch Benfica, I'm so sorry. This has to be watched. Mm-hmm. I would be watching Chelsea Real Madrid, and. Yeah. On the 19th, I will be watching. I am so, so, so interested in this game. I want to see how Bayern will play against <laughs> against Haaland. If they are going to play the same high line against Haaland. I think, just to note, right, I think Bayern have very, very intelligent players, right? And as much as They've not been very effective in the league this season. Or uh, I'm not saying this off their like Champions League form or their league form or anything like that. I'm just saying this based on like watching Bayern Munich, right? Even the games that they lose, you can see that they have extremely brilliant players, like players that really know how to play. Right? Because to play that high line that they play, right? 
it needs a very sharp mind, right? And the whole team to come together. We saw what happened in the first leg. When Mbappe came in, almost like 50% fit, he gave them like a lot of trouble, right? But in the second leg, you could see how they managed him, right? They squeezed, they squeezed like the pitch and they were able to play the line perfectly. So I think this one to watch, it's, very, it's a very open contest. I cannot say that Man City are favorite. I can also say that Bayern are favorite, but I would want Bayern to win. I think I would sleep better if Bayern win than if Man City won. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, stop sitting on defense. I think these are I think these are all very good teams, right? Mm-hmm. If I was to predict a winner for the UCL this season, I think it's either going to be Man City, Napoli. Oh, Real Madrid. Okay, I was just going to say you, you're allowed to predict only three teams. So, yeah. yeah. You said you have three teams. Um, yeah, I I think that tie against Man City. I think Man City win that tie. So, for me, uh, the teams are predicting win the Champions League. Man City, Real Madrid, and Napoli. So, yeah. It's the same prediction. I don't think Napoli is winning the UCL. I don't think that I go with I remove Napoli for Bayern because this Man City Bayern match is so open that I will take two teams from that tie. I think that is that's probably going to be a UCL decider. Okay, so so so, so you think I will take you think anybody that wins that tie goes on to win the Champions League? Yes, either or Real Madrid. Yeah. Napoli will. I don't think they will. Continue, continue the run to the end. I don't think they will make it to the end. I think if it was Man City versus Napoli now, I would probably predict that Napoli would be home, home and dry, very quickly. <laughs> because I think, I think Napoli they are having a fine season, but sometimes it's important to have um, a team that have a bit of. Um, let me say, experience winning together, right? They have been playing together and winning together, you know. They understand each other in some certain moment, right? Like, let's say, where Madrid goes 2-0 down to Liverpool, right? These players know each other. They've won together. Do you understand? So they know how to get a reaction. But sometimes I'm scared that on the biggest, Napoli run into issues. Two goes down. They might struggle to manage the game. They might struggle too quickly to get back in the game, which was one of the issues that Leipzig had against Man City. Right? Leipzig, for one, they, they, they were too quick to try and get back into the game. And you can see what happened at the end of that game. So it's very important, like, whether you have a good team. I think Leipzig, are, are they, who is currently top of the, the Bundesliga? Dortmund. Like, is it Dortmund? Dortmund, yeah. okay. So, but Leipzig, like I think they've not they've not they've not been bad this season. Right? Not terrible. And they, they couldn't like they they couldn't win together on that day. Like they couldn't bring out a response together. Right. And everything just came crumbling down. So that's still the same issue that you have with United, for example. 
right? These players, they don't know how to manage things when becoming like when things get out of hand. Do you understand? So it's just like when when Liverpool scored two goals against Real Madrid, you see players like Tony Cruz put their foot on the ball, right? Slow things down, let the players calm down, right? And they go again. Do you understand? But sometimes like it's as if oh Liverpool just scored us, you know, let's go and score back. You know, it's the derby. Let's go and score back and then oh you know it's seven zero. So you can ask Leipzig. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the Europa League. Um, Europa League last intros have also been made. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let me just quickly switch. Okay, so there's the the just before you, there's one type that we all know will happen. Manchester United mm-hmm. play against Sevilla. Sevilla yeah. have won. Sevilla are the most successful team in the FI Europa League. I think they won it they won it seven times in their history. <laughs> That's the most That's very interesting. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know why I forgot this, but we should do an episode on Bayern Leverkusen. I will have to watch Bayern you know who, into that episode. On you Bayern know who Leverkusen. their manager is? Xavi Alonso, yeah. He has been wonderful. You know they beat Bayern this weekend, last yeah, weekend, sorry. The one. So, like, they are also a team to watch. I don't want to play Leverkusen, I promise you. <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't want to play Leverkusen. Just the draws, the, the draws, and then we'll decide from there. I, I, I think, I, I think at this stage, the the team I'm, I'm really, I'm really most, I'm really very scared of playing Sporting. Because I, you know, I told you about Sporting versus Arsenal, and I had not seen Sporting play before that game, you know. But I had heard people that people that I rate highly as analysts talk about um, and the way they play, and you know, it, the structures and analysis looks very good for a team as Sporting. You know, um, it any team in the world um with good structure can play good football, regardless of whoever they play. Of course, the players have to have ability and all. But once you have a good structure, you can really play great football. So I'm scared of Sporting. I've I've not watched Leverkusen at all to know whether or not to be scared of them. And but funny thing, and that thing I was scared of, I knew that they used to play well. I saw a couple of games. Um, was real Betis, and United won that tie, five one. Yeah, I've heard of real Betis, but I think these guys are on a different level because real Betis game. Right. And I think that I think the Bundesliga currently like could probably have more quality than the La Liga. Apart from Real Madrid and Barcelona, I don't think there is any other team that that is even that should even be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think they should be beating Sevilla comfortably, if not for this new manager bounce that I'm worried about. Like if we were playing Sevilla under uh Josh Sampoli. I don't, I don't know if we should, if I would have been worried about that fixture. So, but well, now, Tennis is not going to play that game, right? No, he won't. So, no, because we have a big history of our players coming back to bite us. <laughs> anyway, it depends. <laughs> you know, you know, funny thing. I, 
I think we'll do an episode where we um, predict summer signings for Manchester United. Because it's very funny. Fellas is still a United player. Eggbar is still a, is still yes. a United player. You know, these guys were guys we could not move on because of their heavy wages. But that's for another day. And United take on Sevilla at um, Old Trafford, first leg. I think United have enough to win Sevilla over both legs. I I I yeah. find reassurance in the fact that these fixtures are played twice. Yeah. You can fix it in the second leg as long as you're not seven zero down. <laughs> so just 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 before we move on from this, can you go through the um, Europa League um draws again? Yeah. So you know he's playing uh Roma. Mm-hmm. So you know he's going to be at home for the first leg. Juventus will be playing Sporting. Juventus will be at home for the first leg. Man United will be playing Sevilla. The first leg is at Old Trafford. Leverkusen is playing Unions and Deloitte. Yeah. Leverkusen is going to be at home for the first Talking about 7-0, Feyenoord won their last game in the Europa League 7-0 as well. It's been a lot of 7-0. I think it was 7-1. Okay, okay, it was 7-1, but Feyenoord put... So, what are your predictions? I think it's the end of the road for Feyenoord. It was shocked at the next goal, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was shocked at. But I think I think Feyenoord are done in the Europa League. I think they will lose to Roma over over two legs. Over two legs. I like to emphasize over two legs. I I don't know. I you know you know there's this confidence that comes with Mourinho being your coach. The 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 um the Europa League finals in 2016 that that we played that Mourinho was the manager. I I I just knew we were going to win. There was just there's there's a confidence that comes with having the man as your manager. So just because of Mourinho, just because of Mourinho, I think Roma will progress to the same finals of the Europa League. I think United will no, progress. Oh wow! Okay, bold predictions. Um, I, don't trust, I, think... I don't trust Roma. Yeah, I don't trust Roma. Roma have been on and off, but you know it's like I said, your your on and offness does not matter in cup competitions. Do mm, they not? I think. I think they are not like. I think let me even check. Let me check the league table in, in the Netherlands, and see how well they are doing in the league. Yeah, I think I think they are not at top of the table. Um. Yeah, I think they are. But just confirm. So they are not at, they are the first in the, the division. They are uh, like six points, mm-hmm. and so how many goals they scored this season? They scored 59 goals this season and considered 25. That's really impressive. The, the best defense in the top four. So, so it's they're, they're not playing badly this season. They have a good team. So, I think I think that game is going to be one to watch. But I want to I want to go with I want to go with you know. <laughs> I don't really okay. like Mourinho, and I, I think to so next, he, he probably might might lose them this game with some decisions. He probably get sent off and have a few <laughs> players sent off. Okay, so so the <laughs> the other game sporting. What do you think? If you are sporting, 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 you go with sporting. Yeah, it's Juve. 
It's Juve. Sporting. It's it. It was Juve. Arsenal. It was Arsenal two weeks or one week ago. Eh, eh. That's true. That's true. But just like you talked about Mourinho now, you know, Allegri has been very. I don't know, like. No, I, I, by very, I'm, don't even try to assume that I'm saying good, right? But <laughs> effective, <laughs> yeah. I would say. Be very effective. After losing how many points this season? How many points did they lose again? Lost 12. I think 13 points. Or 12. 12 points. They are currently 7th in the league after losing 12 points. And they are 7 points away from top 4. So, like getting back in Europa, then seven points away from the top four. So that shows you how how effective Malibu has been this season. So, so you I'll think go with Sporting? Sporting I think no, 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 no. Sporting. I think I still go with Sporting, but I just had to state this. I had to state this. So I go with Sporting. Okay, Bayer Leverkusen. Sporting impressed me. Sporting really impressed me. Versus you know Sangelios. And Leverkusen is going to blow them out of the water. Okay, I go with Leverkusen. No objections from me. Um, the other conversation I have is just, <laughs> just funny enough. You know, last week we talked about Ellen Haaland and Hurricane, and then Haaland <laughs> has scored eight goals since then. One man had our conversation. <laughs> he has scored eight goals since. He, he has he has scored eight goals with less than with less than sixty touches on the ball since then. It's crazy. What what do you want to say that hasn't been said, please? What is left to be said about Haaland? <laughs> I don't for one, right? Yes, like people will probably say yes, I'm hating, right? But he has scored goals like based on positioning, right? And it's sometimes like it's to me, it's somehow amazing to me, Sha, how people are amazed by tappings now, right? <laughs> when they were they criticized a certain person for scoring a lot of tappings, but now somebody is a beast, a monster, unstoppable for scoring all the tappings available. Because I know that. In the last game against Burnley, for one, two of his goals were tappings. <laughs> the first one was the only one that was like probably the, the one he shot quickly past the, the goalkeeper and all that. But the, the other ones were tappings. So, in the game, he scored. In the game, he scored um, five goals. Everything was a rebounded effort except the penalty. But do, do you get what I'm saying? Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? He, I'm saying he, that he just knows how to get in the right positions. Very good positioning, very good off the ball movement, right? But I think it's always very important for people to know what they are getting. You get, don't go and don't go and say, "Oh, Harald is so great." Yeah, let's get him playing with his back to goal and start <laughs> looking for first touch. Because I know, I know that in in games where in games where Haaland has been made to. Um, made not to receive the ball. For example, against against Chelsea, I think 
it was game City eventually won that game. Um, I think it was Jack Grealish who scored that goal for City. I, I think Grealish either scored or assisted the goal. City won the game 1-0, but Chelsea neutralized Haaland. And then against United, Jack Grealish also got the goal. United found a way to neutralize Haaland. If you stop both from getting to Haaland, Haaland will not score. That's that's what teams have expected. But the problem is with how much with um the quality of players City have behind the ball. I mean, there's De Bruyne, there's Gundogan. <laughs> you cannot just pay attention to Lee Haaland. Yeah, that, yes. that's... They are that's going to problem. drag you from left to right, right to left, until you until you leave him for a second. And if you leave him for a second, it's over. He's there to score. <laughs> so, so that it's fine. I, I love strikers like that. Yes, but I don't want people to get, you know, confused about what they are getting. Do you understand? He's a box striker. That's good. He plays off the shoulder of the last man. But he's not he's not a complete number nine. You understand? So there are games that, that will go a certain way if the center backs are having like an amazing game. You get they, he will probably not be able to like get those chances. So but we'll see. I think the Champions League is right. To test him against, I know he has scored goals against Bayern before, but we will see this is the big stage in the Man City's current system. And I think he's also been a very big reason, like why De Bruyne tends to play very high, right, in recent games. Because I think De Bruyne is the person that now receives the ball. Because mm-hmm. the times they've tried Haaland receiving the ball, it has not been very good, it hasn't worked very fine. Well, Badula is very, very good coach. Very, very good coach. His ability to make... I saw him play for centre-back, and he made it work. And that's why I'm just busy asking, like, why... <laughs> well, he cannot compare the quality of players, but how is it that he gets those cheap players? Imagine, like, if he had Akanji, for example. <laughs> Akanji was, like, 20 million. You get you understand? I think that these scouts... Like they need they need a dressing down. No, right? Because there are players there. There are players that have like a lot of quality. I've always known that Akanji has quality. And that's why I was so surprised that he went for that price. Because you know he was he, his contract was running low and there was this there was this uh, whole conversation around him being injury prone you get because he has not like obviously like he didn't play like a, a ton of games for Dortmund, right? But like he has been right and but why I'm mentioning this is for him to play in a system, right, of four center backs. Jonas that it takes a certain level of intelligence for you to know your roles in a system like that. But beyond Jonathan, Pep, beyond beyond the quality of the player, I think Pep Gadula has a way of First of all, improving players and um, getting players to play the way he wants to play. Um, now, um, I watched Raheem Sterling at Liverpool. I know what Sterling was at Liverpool. I know what Sterling is at Chelsea. I know what Sterling was at City. That's one player. I know what John Stones was at Everton. I know what he is at City. Do you get like Pep has a way of making players look very good. I, I mean, for goodness sake, Joao Cancelo was good for Juventus. You know, he was crossing the ball a lot for Ronaldo to, for Ronaldo to head him. But 
he's basically been a revelation at City. Well, when he played, you know, we've seen players come into this City system and play very well. And, you know, players that, even players, for example, um, Zinchenko was a midfielder. Pep brought him to play left back. Zinchenko is probably the best left back in the league currently. He started out as a midfielder and Pep found a way to play him as left back. And he's the best left back in the league this season. So I think um, beyond the ability of the player, I think the person managing those players is uh, a magician and credit to Pep Guardiola. Yeah, credit to him. All the bitterness in my mouth. <laughs> <Credit to him. laughs> uh, anyway, I, 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 understand that he's a rival but I I, I have rivalries and then I mean there are rivalries for example I like I like Firmino a lot um, no rival is going to make me not like him um, I like um, Gapu I like um, I I don't like Salah a lot but I cannot deny how um, great he is you know I don't like Klopp a lot I like Klopp a bit I like Pep a lot like, I like Pep a lot I like Haaland a lot and I mean ha- Haaland could score four goals against United and I'll be angry at that moment but after the game it's it's not that deep. You mean it's that deep, but I mean there's nothing I, I cannot start hitting him because he did his job against my club. You know, so it's just what it is. The thing is, I don't like I don't like the Dilla style of football. Right? I appreciate what he's able to do, the adaptability and all that. But I think the game is too slow sometimes and I don't I don't like that. I don't like that. I feel like there are so many more interesting, there are many more interesting position-based sides that I enjoy watching. It's just like if you watch the game that Sporting plays, right? Sporting, they play the position game even at the point where they had seventy percent possession, right? Mm-hmm. What they basically do is if the ball goes to the center back, he recycles it, he recycles it, plays a forward pass, right? But Guardiola's team, they are way too comfortable. They pass it from one centre back to the other one, the other one to the other one, the other one to the other one, <laughs> and they go back and do it all over again, right? Then probably uh, Foden comes from left wing, comes to centre back and touches the ball and goes back to left <laughs> wing. Like, you know, like it doesn't. I think it you're being dramatic. The defenders get no. The defenders get so bored. They kind of get so bored that probably you will score them, right? But it's not, it's not when you watch. If you watch, I think 2019 Liverpool side, right? It feels it's pushing football, you know, like it's, it's very progressive. You get the ball, you progress the play, you get the ball, you progress the play, you get the ball, you progress the play, like in a smart, intelligent way, you get. Two passes, three passes to progress the play. Two passes, three passes to progress the play. And I think that, for example, the way Arsenal play, right? The way Arsenal play is a kind of uh, a derivative of the Pep football, right? It's like the way Pep wants to play, but with more like a combination of how Liverpool also play, like under club in 2019, right? So that's why they press with two up front, right? Gadel also does that. But on the ball, Arsenal tends to play the pass like quickly. They, they, they try to progress the play very quickly, right? So that 
they are you understand so mm-hmm. it's i my issue with Gazola is just i don't i don't like the way the play looks sometimes it's it's slow even when the goals are raining i don't feel very entertained like, anyway. i don't feel very entertained i i don't see like the people people i enjoy watching in in Manchester team right is the brain right because you see quality right it's not it's not it, do, do you get he he he's the one with audacity right in the team mm-hmm. that does something that would that would probably make you get out of your seat you understand mm-hmm. and and Haaland when he's scoring like a tapping from a skyscraper that <laughs> giant leap but did you see did you see Julian Alvarez's second goal against Burnley did you yeah. see that did you see that goal yeah, yeah. These are the yeah. consistency levels that that Bruno will one day have, so that I will stop complaining about his passes. Right? You need consistency. When Julian Alvarez was running, he just knew that De Bruyne would find him. Like, and De Bruyne had the intelligence. Like, normally, like he would play that pass on the right, so that it goes onto Julian Alvarez's right foot, so he runs with it. Right, but. That was what the defender was expecting. So he played it on the left, where the defender was not looking. And it was inch perfect. And when Alvarez received it, the pass was so sublime that he did not even have to control it. He just had to be dazzled with the defender. The defender tumbled. <laughs> but you know, you know someone, you know, you know, you know, you know someone I think, f- funny enough, I see who, and people may think it's, it's, it's become quite unpopular with the, his, his injuries and everything, but I think Paul Pogba is a better passer than um, um, Kevin De Bruyne. It's <laughs> it's another conversation entirely. Um, I would have loved to see what Paul Pogba would have been under American hardball. You know, it's 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 a conversation that could be entertained, right? If Pogba had any consistency to him, yeah, like he just he was just so inconsistent. Like we've had this conversation on the podcast now about Pogba's ability. We all know how. He had no ceiling. Like, I'm sure if he wanted to be a center forward, he could have well achieved it. If he wanted to be... I, I think he had the ability to play. And I think before he came to United, at some point, he played as a supporting striker for Juventus. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you could you can see that he has the ability to do all those things. But he was never consistent. And he hasn't. Even at Juventus, you can see... He's having issues at Juventus. Also. Yeah, it was. It, it was. Um, Poba, Poba has always been a what if player. Um, you know, what if this happens? Yeah. What if? And um, you, you, you don't, you don't become a great player by being a what if. You know, I. Yes. There has to always be a baseline. There has to be a baseline ability that you can always deliver on. Jonathan. So. It's very, it's very important to have that as a player. And I think De Bruyne is... Imagine this, the player that Pep was criticizing the other day. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. No, Pep criticized him now. Uh, Pep criticized him before, that game before Leeds, the, the, the press conference before the Leeds game. You get, and in comparison, right, considering the De Bruyne that we've known, we've come to know, Right, his numbers were a bit poor before that. 
he gets. And that's, you can see that some games he was starting off the bench. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and guess what the brand did after? The brand answered though. The brand was like that. His numbers are clear, you get, and everybody can see what he can do. You get, like, he does not need to talk, like, he will do his talking on the pitch, something like that. And did he, did he talk? He really spoke, he shouted, it was loud. <laughs> anyway, it's 50 minutes it's gone. Crazy that, it's crazy that, yeah, it's crazy uh-huh. that if you watch the game against Bondi, Masti played against Bondi, Masti played Rodri, Rodri De Bruyne. Right, that was the midfield, and whatever it is, I think Rico Lewis was somewhere in there and all that. But they are able to like maintain why is it that uh, nobody can go into that defensive midfield role and play like a defensive midfielder, right? When, right, let's say the masters of this world, which we want to be like Jonathan, we don't want to be like. Other teams that lose one player and cry. Lord Chelsea fans are still crying about Kante, irrespective of the billions that they spent on players. They are still <laughs> saying, oh, our season is bad. I know follow you talk. We don't have to be like We don't have to be like 10 to be 10 to be FC, but I that's know where you want talk. To like, <laughs> want to be like want to be like Man City, right? Want to be able to play without like some important structures and be able to adapt. Because everybody knows the quality that Casemiro brings, right? But why is it that the days that he's not around is as if like we are playing ten against eleven? Did somebody come in to replace him? Who is the person? <laughs> McTominay. That oh my god! <laughs> like even if you are an attacking player, Jonathan, we should have players that have intelligence, players that are. Okay, Bernardo Silva plays in the pivot with Man City. Like, this man is supposed to be a right winger. You understand? But he can he can do it. He has the intelligence to do it. Right? It was just like when Fernandinho was having to play like a center back. Right? He has the intelligence to do the job. You get in as much as he's limited. Right? And all that. But... You cannot say, oh, he was caught out of position. Pep plays maybe and Delph at left back. In, oh, you see that? So, <laughs> it, 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 I think it's, it's very important that we go, into, we, go, we go and buy players. When I watch Sporting, like, they are just as United and you are just scared. Like you don't know what they will do with this ball if they can be able to play passport. Everybody anyway, in sporting precious no. If you see how they were progressing, the precious ball, no, precious no. Yes, it's yes. almost one hour. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> I have, I have, I have, oh, thank school, you everyone. I have school in about seven hours, so yeah, I'll, right. I'll publish this later in the day. Um, thank you so much for listening. Bye bye. Thank you guys. Bye.